Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, What's happening everybody and welcome to this, the latest episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, where in a week that Roman Reigns announced that he kicked cancer's ass. We are here to talk about something which has been five years of absolute epicness and brilliantness and lots of words that I could go on all day talking about as we're talking about the history of NXT TakeOver. As we'll be going through what we've voted as the greatest matches in NXT TakeOver history and it's pretty much just going to be 90 minutes of us talking about probably the best thing in the WWE product. You can debate it all you want, David Hockney. It's true. <laughs> 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 you got the best thing on WWE right now. No, 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 nowhere near it. Boogie and Hagen. Boogie But before we digress, let's meet today's panel. First, much like Brexit and Pat McAfee, he just won't go away. He is the ESSR champion, Scott McLeod. How <laughs> dare you compare me to Pat McAfee? I triumphed out and taking back what I should never have lost in the first place at the square goal. Yes. I like he didn't mind being compared to Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> right, fine. Are we not going to let Pat is worse than Brexit? <laughs> uh, next up is the new president of the Angelico's Crotch Fan Club. As it was said, I'm never going to that down. Could you explain to the listeners? Right, someone <laughs> took a picture of me while I was taking a picture of Angelico. It just so happened that through his legs, you can see me taking a picture and it looks like I'm a creep. <laughs> looks like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay, everyone knows I'm a bit creepy. Everybody knows, but now it's it's more common knowledge than what it was before. <laughs> uh, next up, he's turned heel so many times that he's dizzy and has no idea what year it is, which explains why he thought Jeff Jarrett's recent raw appearance was pretty damn normal. It is, of course, James Murphy. <laughs> was he not in the square goal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't keep track of Jeff Jarrett. I mean, I thought he was all done for with that. Was he not doing a 
pyramid scheme selling gold on TNA. <laughs> <laughs> and the was, it was global, global force wrestling gold. I don't know. <laughs> he comes out with his essential oils. Oh, that was something, James. That's probably priceless. Oh, my gold! <laughs> Good to have you back on the show. It is fun. Uh, next, he claims to be the greatest of all time, but he can't arrange a simple trip back from Spain properly. That's David Campbell. I will say that the four and a half hour car journey from Valencia to Barcelona was very scenic. So <laughs> it was worth it for something. <laughs> David, you're very modest about what your events of the weekend. Are you spare change in the tin holder? I am the new spare change in the tin holder, but really I like to think of myself as the Roscoe insurance policy. As long as I'm around, Scott McLeod's championship reign will be very, very safe. Yeah, ask you loads of stupid questions before it puts out. <laughs> <laughs> I need this back up with the media quiz coming in a few weeks. <laughs> Watch it, you two. And rounding off our panel, they say you can't choose your family, which is the only plausible reason why I associate with this man. as Gary <laughs> Well, the yeah. feeling is very much mutual, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be, I slagged Derek equally last week, I had to do it. Well, I, I like to f- refer to some of my cousins, and especially my brother Derek, as simply as spare parts. <laughs> <laughs> you never know when you might need a spare kidney. To be fair, if you met us, you would understand. <laughs> it's a very accurate representation. Derek immediately goes his lawyer to change his will. <laughs> And finally, he's the nugget with the ego as big as his cable package. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is Kwaku Ajay. Oh, you got my name right this time around, thank you. Yes, I've learned after various days of pronunciation training. Yeah. It took you two years to know how to spell my surname. That's true, I was very bad at doing that one. <laughs> so yes, we are here to talk about the history of NXT TakeOver. If you've never listened to us before, we have a massive back catalogue bigger than certain things. I guess for yourself uh, make sure to subscribe to us we're on all good podcasting sites Android uh, iTunes and Spotify we're also on all so- social media Facebook Twitter Instagram at Suplex Retweet if you like what you hear please give us a rating be generous we're not just people who slag each other and claim to be friends or spare parts I've <laughs> <laughs> played the wrong idea about the show for years yeah. <laughs> sorry it's, I should probably note to the listeners um the David bought Schluer for him Scott and his Well we Scott are in the middle positive. of our championship and spare tin celebration right now for Roscoe yes. We are half sweet I'm, I'm quietly never, quite, I'm quietly never. sitting here I'm enjoying this moment He's <laughs> never complained Sitting there with these pink hair <laughs> Never <laughs> See that I never complained you know. uh, So we're, So we're talking We are outlining what we voted as the greatest NXT TakeOver matches Now to let the listeners know we went through a rigorous process of choosing our eight matches. <laughs> Random chance. It was painful. <laughs> yes, um, we each, between us, we all picked what was the best match on each respective takeover, so that narrowed it down to 24, which was quite hard because it was someone's late takeover New Orleans that had two five star matches. Mm. And after that, we then ranked each of the matches from 1 to 24. The rankings were combined, <laughs> and that's how we got our eight matches. The panel went through. A lot of pain in the last couple of weeks. Yes. Like it didn't help you calculate with my tell Hurry up with your rankings. Like, how can I choose? They're all so good. <laughs> Should have done McQuacky, didn't miss half them out. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've got eight matches. We're going to pick them all from the worst of the eight to the best. Now, we're going to start today's show by going through two matches which were joined. Eight 
and 7. Now our scores are going to be out of 168, for those of you at home who are trying to figure out these rounds. A bit of an insight for you all. I feel like Dave with my stats here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the first two matches we're going to talk about, they took place for, at NXT TakeOver Dallas and NXT TakeOver War Games 1. It is the matches between Alistair Black and the Velveteen Dream and Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura, which got a score of 114, Ooh. respectively. Let's start with um, uh, Black versus Dream. I'm going to go to James on this one. Uh, James, um, this was a match that I think many people felt performed above expectations. There was one thing that stood out to me from this match, and it was when Velveteen Dream taunted Alistair Black throughout the match. And then at one point, Alistair Black has him on the back foot and he just says in his you know, I'm not trying to offend him your slightly strange Dutch accent he says enjoy infamy Velveteen Dream then Black masses him across the face and ends the match I really liked that because this was the match that made Velveteen Dream into the star that he is today yeah. Yeah. this was his defining moment and he had great matches in NXT but this was his Austin and Bret Hart it was great it was the difference between that is it's, it's two bigger than wrestling personalities. Velveteen Dream's got his very showmanship prince, uh, standing in the limelight gimmick, and Alistair Black has his aura of uh, almost sort of like pure presence, I would say, as opposed to showboating. Mm. He's all integrity and he's all show, mm. and this was the match that really put. Almost both of them on the match. Obviously, oh, yeah. Alistair Black had great matches, but this was the first one where you went, okay, wow, I know what his character is now. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully this is the match they look to when they put Alistair Black or Velveteen Dream on the main roster. Yeah, you're spot on, David. They kind of said that they are, uh, a lot of people wrote off the Velveteen Dream gimmick when it first came about, totally. and then this was kind of the thing that kind of brought them to a lot of people's attention. I think a lot of people were worried it was going to go the same way as a Tyler or Breeze or Adam Rose, and that it yeah. was all gimmick and no... It was all sizzle and no... Uh, Steak. That I think that's what people were worried about. But in this match, it's like what James is saying. He showed he wasn't just that. He showed he was a fighter. He showed he was a warrior at the same time. And he also showed he was a viable underdog babyface, which they finally seem to sort of be doing him with from now. They've turned him into this dual role as the arrogant showman, but also this guy that you can't help but get behind. And this was the match that sort of showed that duality to the Velveteen Dream character. I'm actually I'm directing a film right now. In our first table read, I got all the cast to watch this match because I was like, look how well invested in the characters and how much they encapsulate the roles they're playing Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream are and that's what I wanted to show them just how these people totally get the idea of kayfabe and to stay invested in a gimmick yeah. Was Alistair Black not the baby face in this match? It was the he baby was. face in this match but oh, the way yeah. the match was put together the, yeah, yeah. the strikes that Velveteen Dream took yeah. and managed to get up back up from it just it showed the crowd started to get behind Velveteen Dream mm-hmm. more than they go behind Alistair Black here Yeah I mean you took a lot of people touch upon the Velveteen Dream character, but they say that um, Alistair Black was more, he was a, pretty much a striker in a lot of his matches before this. This is when we first started to see some sort of character development in Alistair Black. Oh, definitely. I mean, what people tend to actually thought about Alistair Black is that he was just this mysterious guy. He would just not say a word, he wouldn't cut a promo, and it did leave you wondering what was actually going on with his character. Mm-hmm. And it's like literally come in, hit you, and he buggers off. Basically, that's all it really was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. I felt like this was actually the big development in his character. Like you actually start to see a little bit more character come out 
uh, of Alistair Black simply because of Velveteen Dream, but they two marched off against each other so well. Like mm-hmm. even in the lead up to the match, during the match, I mean, it's it was a, it was a point of like him not giving him any attention, and we all know what the Velveteen Dream is like. Like I had been backing him since the very beginning, like when they had like the wee vignettes, and I was like, oh, what's this? What's what's going on with this? Yeah. Um, and plus his trousers. <laughs> his trousers. <laughs> You mentioned the lead up to the match, Sarah. Um, they had that "Say My Name" part to it. Uh, <laughs> I know that could have been they, taken them from "Say My Name," <laughs> <laughs> where he sort of almost uh, was d- well, d- uh, dismissive, almost. Or mm-hmm. uh, Black was dismissive of Dream, and then as uh, so we got that moment, as James mentioned, just at, towards the end of the match, where he acknowledged them for the mm-hmm. first time. He had that mm-hmm. moment of respect, <laughs> and then that moment of respect before he kicked his head off. <laughs> Yeah, Scott, it's a nice nod at the end of the match where he kind of, yeah. Velveteen looks like he's had, he's been out on the lash for three weeks <laughs> <laughs> crawling across the mat and then Black just goes by Velveteen Yeah, yeah. you look at these matches like, obviously they're all great matches but as well as that, you can constantly talk about the stories behind them and how invested you will get and I think when you really think about trying to explain to somebody more, a bit more casual to NXT, well what's the story about this well he wants me to say his name they might not get that it's at first. This flamboyant character now, wants this creepy. No, but it's the whole thing. He wants the attention, and Black knows that, so he refuses to get like even a promo called him Patrick. He wouldn't call him Velveteen Dream. Brilliant. And uh, like the whole crowd was chanting to say his name, and the the pop he gets when he finally does say it, like mm-hmm. just like you don't see that. Like something so simple, yet everyone's so invested in that. It was, it was quite good as well. We kind of got. He wasn't really in a long match up until that point in Dream, so we kind of got to see his repertoire a wee bit and some of the things he was pulling off. I mean, the kind of. Match of the Year, don't it? It got Match of the Year. Yeah. Feud, no, it didn't get Match of the Year. Feud of the Year, yeah. But some of the things, it was kind of like. Was it the DDT he does now? It was kind of the Sister Abigail position. The mm-hmm. DDT kind of like looked like such a great yeah, move that time. Kind of the Technodrome that PT Dunn does, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's the exact same. Pretty much that is the move, actually, Scott. Very well done. That's why you're a champ. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it wasn't. You know <laughs> it was a match and it, a great match, and it helped put people put both men on the map. Shows how good a match it was that we picked it over the actual War Games match, which was a match everybody was looking forward to that on that particular card. So they did well to kind of stand out, especially it was quite early on in the card. Second match in, mm-hmm. uh, all usually second match in's got a lot to live up to it takeovers but it usually follows the tag match mm-hmm. yeah, tag matches always steal the show so uh, actually a fun fact of our top 8 this got the lowest rating by Mr Meltzer he's a hack he is well it was fun he, it, it was fun so he has to hate it well they got, he, they got, four, they got 4 out of 5 so. he shit talked coffee versus Pete Dunne and he said, oh, there used to be any finishers. You ever seen a New Japan match? It is 90% finishers. Mm-hmm. Fuck Meltzer. <laughs> oh, <wow>. I'm <laughs> contributing to the 10 this week. What could you <laughs> <that's laughs> <me? laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. If you like to put it in my 10, I'm more than happy to put it in your 10. Cut that. Uh, <laughs> non, he's, he's bad. <laughs> no, just, I don't just like stop digging, James. I put, I put stock in his opinions when it comes to wrestling, but... See, like, the War Games match as well, I think he didn't give that too high a grade uh, either. Not from what I would have expected. I can't really remember, but uh, well, now we'll move away from Mel, so we'll kind of talk about the other match that kind of got the joint score of 114 of our rankings. It's uh, 
Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Um, Gary, I'll go to you in this one. Um, has there been a debut in NXT before and since it was as highly anticipated as Shinsuke Nakamura's gone into this point? Oh, I don't think so. The, I rewatched this match at the weekend. The the reaction, that, I mean, that was a hot crowd. Mm-hmm. And when Nakamura was coming to the ring, the reaction of the crowd... Um, the holy shit kit chance as he was coming to the ring I mean, mm-hmm. the man just walked a couple of you know, not even 100 yards mm-hmm. they don't get a fight forever as well yeah. yeah and they got that before they even started didn't oh, they? before yeah. they even started and in a way it kind of made me sad re-watching this match to think that if this match happened again in Smackdown you wouldn't have the reaction you wouldn't no. have the emotional no. you know the audience would be pretty cold whereas this audience loved everything they did there was a moment in the match I think we all if you had, everybody would have put their money on Shinsuke winning the match but there was a, a moment when um, when Sammy hit the with Thunderbomb that I thought oh he, he actually is going to win here he's never <laughs> I know. anyone with that in his pocket <laughs> <laughs> no I not uh, once one of the bits I love you mentioned about the, the audience reaction to it the, the, when they were exchanging punches towards the end of the match when they were sort of a bit punch drunk and the audience just like, lapped up every minute of it it was it was a great match yeah. and a great moment amazing debut yeah it was something um, with, obviously about Shinsuke but Sarah you were kind of shaking your head as Gary was talking about who was going to win this <laughs> Sami Zayn this was the 10th takeover to that point the one at Dallas uh, of all the matches we've actually picked on the 24th Sami Zayn was the joint MVP of them all he, had, he was oh, involved yeah. in 5 so considering this was the 10th takeover and that he was involved in 5 matches just shows how much of a star he was in NXT at this point well see at that time he was considered the heart and soul of NXT like and this match like going back on what Gary said like the the anticipation like I went into this match not any, not actually admit, like I will admit I wasn't big on New Japan at that particular time mm-hmm. still not huge now but I'm getting there but um, just the the actual reaction when he was announcing like I was watching the lead up as well and just the look on Sammy's face saying like, like you've been rewarded for all the hard work you put in and just the, like, the look on his face you're like right he's even impressed this, might, this guy must be like a huge deal like I was not familiar with Shinsuke so I think this is sort of I was sort of leading towards Sammy. Of course, like I backed Sammy from from like the first time I saw him. I was like the true underdog, and that's what I did love. But um, no, Sammy Zayn at that time, like he was like the sort of OG heart and soul of NXT at that particular time. Yeah, it's spot on. And I mean, the thing as well about it as well, Scott. Um, we spoke about this earlier on before the show. Um, some there's some takeover cards that are weak and they're kind of yeah. helped by certain matches. Was this an example of it? I mean, I. I look back at this paper, this takeover, and this is the one match that always stands out for me. I can't really remember much else that goes on in this actual takeover without rewatching it. No, like there were a lot of good matches going on, like a lot of anticipation. Like American Alpha had a feel good moment at the start of the show. I think it just it just speaks to how good this match was that it eclipsed all of that. Mm-hmm. And like I was like said, I didn't know a lot about New Japan before Shinsuke came in, and we did kind of this match to get one of the first ever like fight forever chance, and sadly that thing hasn't gone away. <laughs> fight forever and it's just like Kevin Owens versus a pizza like, like, I remember Will Ospreay's one like hates Will well, Ospreay hates you and that goes no I don't want to fight forever I'm tired I want to go home now <laughs> but yeah like I want, you wonder the crowd's such a big part of this match you, I wonder if you listen to it with the sound of would it be similar to Rock Hogan like obviously Sami Zayn yeah. and Nakamura are better workers than Rock Hogan no disrespect to anybody but the crowd was such an important part of it. Would you lose something if you watched it with the sound off? Like everybody says, Rock Hogan is not the same if you don't listen to it with the sound on because the crowd play 
such an important part in the match. Well, we saw that in Raw this Monday, didn't we, with the with the call ups or last week? Sorry, with the call ups of the NXT oh Big Four, Alistair uh, Black, Ricochet, and then DIY. And any other city, any other time, oh. those debuts would have been red hot. Mm-hmm. But that crowd in that night, for some reason, had all taken it's, sleeping pills at the exact oh. same time. It's like they lived under a rock and had no idea who these guys were. Yeah. So obviously, Pat McAfee released a video trashing. I mean, the thing, the thing you have to remember about NXT is, though, you look at the match and you have to, you do have to, in terms of wrestling, eliminate the crowd factor because, and I rewatched this match, you take away the crowd, have to be harsh, it's not that good. It's okay. Now, Sami Zayn throws the weakest punches next only to Shane McMahon. He's, oh, oh, he throws... Bold, he, that is a bold statement. If, if Brock Lesnar throws potatoes, Sami Zayn throws marshmallows. They're terrible. Hmm. I have to disagree. I thought these guys had like absolutely natural chemistry coming together for this one match. and It, it was the perfect person to have Nakamura's first match against because you set Nakamura up as this dangerous striker, this king of strong style. Who else do you put him up against? The guy who can take any amount of punishment you give him and still stand up and take more of the heart and soul of NXT mm-hmm. series said, and it was great to set up a new finishing move the fact that Corey Graves had that Kinshasa yeah, call that was, that was, down from match that was, one that was the start of Corey Graves' yeah. love for the Kinshasa it's one yeah. of the well, best the finishing calls it's in wrestling history yeah. Yeah. it's like so it's so good and it set that up as a dangerous match end and finish that inver- what's the name of the inverted suplex he does before that is it just the inverted suplex the, 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 the Cena killer yeah, yeah the Cena <laughs> killer he hit the Cena killer and then the Kinshasa call I was like whoa that's badass man I loved it you said like hey, the match itself, like out of all these matches, this is the least story going into it mm-hmm. because like it's just simply Sammy's about to go up. He needs Nakamura needs an opponent, but it doesn't take it away at all from the match. It's still a good match. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't even in the arena, but I was like I was watching this at my home in, in my house. And he did a cigarette after the match. You can only imagine being in the match or being in the yeah. arena. But you got to think about it. Smoke. Uh, with NXT, they've kind of done this thing of we debut big names in the crowd. But this this was the one of the few times you can remember they got a big match. Him Black got big matches, but I think it kind of helped. It was such a star. He's such a star in Japan. Nakamura just like. So this is not the first time they did that thing in the crowd because they did Roots uh, that takeover appeared in the crowd. Was that not the first time they did that? I can't remember exactly. It's not something again. Like I said earlier on, this is the one thing about this takeover I remember very, very vividly. This is the only thing I remember. Yes. Some yeah. takeovers sort of blend together <laughs> at certain points in time. You're like, you remember, you remember this American Alpha and the crowd turning on the main event, and the crowd goes mild. <laughs> <laughs> you think after you mentioned the NXT call-ups the debut of those four uh, incredible athletes in Raw was really underwhelming Triple H in the ring saying these guys are going to be here tonight His and then you got these no and then you got this you know silly behind the scenes skits of people making fun of the, of them yeah. uh, you think if anything WWE over the years would have learned how to make impactful debuts yeah. Nakamura this night made an impactful debut they did it with Kevin Owens as well he turned mm-hmm. up and Annihilated Cena. His, his, mm-hmm. one, his one was alright all because they obviously got to take him Cena and kind of yeah. put himself mm-hmm. over, then they got the big match thrown. You kind of hope that they, the, the NXT 4, as it'll probably now be called, will have the opposite effect compared to what Nakamura's had. Big first match debut, and now mm-hmm. he's yeah. technically Rusev. He's jobbing out to, to be fair, to be fair he sold that kick something awful. Oh, yeah. oh, that's <laughs> a, if you've not seen that sale, you got to see it. But that's the matches that we picked as 
8 and 7. Now we're going to go to the match that was picked 6. Now our, seven, our 8, 7, 6, 5 and 4 were all very close. 3 points in it Ooh. in total. Uh, I'm going to go now to David Campbell for match number 6 because he voted this as his number 1. This was it my favourite match. Yeah, it was Bailey and Sasha. NXT TakeOver Respect which got 115 from us as a total yeah. David why was this your favourite match? Well there's reasons that I actually placed this ahead of the Brooklyn match we'll come to the what I the t- tiny problems I have with the Brooklyn match later on the one thing I love about this match 30 Women Iron Women match is the pacing of this match is absolutely superb this yeah. match went by so quickly for me I thought forgot that it was a half an hour long affair mm. and the other thing that I want to bring up immediately off the bat Sasha Banks heel work in this match is the best heel work I've oh, seen yes. in wrestling in the last 10 years the way that she screams at that little girl to get her in the family in the front <laughs> row steals her headband yeah. off her oh, as well and that's the thing Like part of this is really personal for me because at this time I was watching it with my youngest sister who sort of grew out wrestling at this point but she was watching NXT with me in this match and she was so invested like screaming at the television screen when Sasha went in Izzy's face and stuff and it was just like people talk about the women's evolution and it bringing a young female audience into the product and sometimes we sort of dismiss that but this match showed to me that yes this sort of representation for the female women's roster is important and for me this was the turning point for it because it's the match that I watched and I took it so so seriously and I was like this is by far the best wrestling match I've seen in the last 10 years purely because of the storytelling the pacing and the emotion of that full sale crowd because it's the only match that we are talking about that took place in front of the full sale audience and I thought that was very very fitting for this affair between two of the stars of NXT yeah uh, guys it's a good point to go to you obviously as a father to one of the biggest Bailey fans in the world <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this a match that one of the first matches that you and Lucy kind of watched yeah. back in terms oh, of it was nice re-watching this match um, because it was back to a time when all was right in the world <laughs> 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 Bailey was reigning champion um, yeah it was it was amazing and actually when you were talking about Lizzie you, you could take Izzy out and put Lucy there and if Sasha Banks had pulled Lucy's headband off her she'd have been heartbroken and crying and wanting to fighter so, and it's absolutely that match is an absolute turning point for the women's evolution um, it was a main event I think it was probably one of the first the main first main event yeah, the time. yeah the pacing of the match they didn't touch each other for the first two minutes of the match mm-hmm. either they just sort of walked around uh, it was a wee bit odd having so I was a bit later to NXT so I've seen some NXTs uh, in the bigger arenas takeovers so it was a bit weird almost looking back at this one in the small arena set up but that you would not have known there were only a couple of hundred people there you could easily have believed there were thousands of people watching it and Sasha's heel work um, she touched on when she had uh, Bailey who was selling the hand injury and the Banks escape and she was uh, uh, Bank statement sorry trying to reach for the rope and then she starts kicking her hand yeah Yeah, I love that it was so vicious storytelling at its finest and then Mm -hmm. James this, this whole card is built Around this match, I think personally, you've got the yeah. du- you got, got you had the Dusty Roads Classic uh, starting off at that point, but everything was just geared towards these two going at it for half an hour. It's nice to see a match in which the heel is a heel throughout. There's no crowd showboating from Sasha. There's no clever moves. Everything is built around the idea that you should hate her, which is good because you know when I watch a match and Orton's the heel. Like, I'm just using Orton as an example, not specifically because I don't like him, but he hits that RPO and he gets up and he flails his body in the crowd, he wiggles his pecs a bit, and I'm just like, 
Don't <laughs> show off, you're the heel. Hit the RKO, then kick him in the nuts a few times. Like, that's your job. And that's what Sasha did. She taunted the little kid. She booed Bailey's arm. She made fun of her. She pulled her hair. Mm -hmm. I loved it. It's, loved it. Yeah. Sarah, is this a side of Sasha Banks that we kind of miss on the main roster when we got back? This is probably peak Sasha, I think. Oh, hell yeah. I miss this Sasha Banks, if, if I'm honest. Like, <laughs> she was the most cocky heel that I had seen in such a long time. But she made it work. Like, see, going into, like, even just both their matches, like, this was essentially the rematch from Brooklyn. <laughs> so, Sasha had been away. She'd been pulling double duty on Raw SmackDown as part of Team Bad. Um, and I said about that the bell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. battle. Um, that was no, it was still still absolutely phenomenal. I mean, like there was eye raking, there was pulling people's hair, there was a game with Izzy. I've not seen that Sasha Banks since then, and it, 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 I miss her a little bit because that that's that was the best Sasha Banks. And if she were to turn heel again and do that again, I think it would it absolutely revamp her career. Mm -hmm. One of the things that David brought up, Scott, which I've completely forgot about, was this was in front of the full sale crowd. Yeah. They went to Brooklyn for that one time. They've not been back to full sale since for the takeover, you know, so it's just interesting to have that sort of reaction. But it just shows how much storytelling went on between these two over the past, over what it was about a year and a half. They've kind of been very prominent. There are no boots, but I totally agree with what people are saying that this was Sasha our best. This is when wrestling's at best, when there's a clear. Heal that everyone hates, like their face, everyone, then we'll get into some other examples as we go on. And and what we really with David in that this kind this edges out the Brooklyn match for me for a few different reasons. In that Sasha does anything she can to get uh, up her hand, she takes a count out for one of the falls, anything to get to get that advantage. And also like the classic heel work, the which shades of like Jericho and Oi, how much she just doesn't care. She's gonna make a child cry, doesn't just so that you boo her like. Jericho thought about if he was a certain distance from Marina, he wouldn't talk to fans, no matter if they were kids or adults, he wouldn't talk to them. It's funny turned heel on Bailey by supporting the man. <laughs> kids uh, today. But the man is the peak, though. We can't, oh, go, we can't, go, we can't go higher than uh, the man. I hate, oh, bring, <laughs> I hate to bring up a pop culture reference so soon into the show, but this is the Rocky Two of wrestling matches. This is <laughs> Bailey going in to prove that her performance in the first match was not a fluke, and I love that aspect to baby uh, babyface storytelling, specifically when it's a babyface like Bailey who fries off of being the sort of innocent underdog. See when they bring that fire and they bring that heat, and it's just watching two warriors fight rather than some innocent girl, which Bailey is sometimes being portrayed to be as in the main roster. This is the version of Bailey that I like. This is peak Bailey, never mind peak Sasha as well. It's well, yeah. definitely peak Bailey. Mm -hmm. so say that, that I prefer this to the Brooklyn match. It doesn't obviously take away from the Brooklyn match how good that was, but this kind of builds on a few aspects. I guess thanks to the Brooklyn match, you, every, you immediately buy this as a main event because you believe the story and the, you know that they can pull it off, and also. Bailey at the end showing that vicious streak which is basically stomping the back of Sasha's head towards the end to get the final fall when they're all tied up and the clogs of everyone down which is kind of a callback to Sasha stamping on the hand of Bailey kind of, get, Bailey kind of getting her payback on Sasha Yeah the finish was really good mm -hmm. the Sasha tapping out it was, it was much better her tapping out at this point than when she tapped out in the similar match against Charlotte on <laughs> the main roster a year, about a year and a half later it's like you're the face and you have tapped out in the last few seconds yeah nobody really cares about this feud anymore <laughs> there uh, was a period of time where Charlotte was basically like Cena though so she still kind of is still kind of is let's, let's not lie they're kind of put me that way but what, another thing I quite liked about it, if you look at the whole thing about this card is this was 
we kind of had Sasha moving on officially, and then on the card we had the debut of Asuka. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like that changing of the guard thing. Like, even though we didn't get Asuka versus Bailey until oh wait, that was that show that I forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> that was on the Dallas card. Yeah. <laughs> That was, that was the problem that with, with Bailey as an underdog, underdog champion the longer she holds the belt the less effective she is yeah. and I think that's what's good about her pairing with Sasha Banks who's built on this sort of uh, confidence and sort of that machismo kind of like pride I like how pairing her up a longer title reign will work with the women's tag team titles but Bailey as a singles champion um, is it has a very quick expiry date oh you're me. so right David I was at Wrestlemania 33 with Lucy and Bailey was going in there as the defending champion. I was bricking at that whole match <laughs> that this was not going to have the outcome that my seven-year-old daughter. It was very, it was very early in the card. Very early in the card as yeah. well for, for WrestleMania, especially. That I was worried that whole whole match. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I want to see the full show. If she had gone in as not the champion, I would have had much more confidence she had come out with. The belt Especially in an elimination fatal four way. Yeah, I didn't remember it was. I, I forgot it was elimination four way. It came to the ring. Is that what? We're... No. <laughs> you know, like panic every match that Bailey has these days. Yeah, pretty much. This <laughs> is not enjoyable. Elimination chamber enter at number one must have been a horrible affair. Horrible. <laughs> yep. Any yeah. match you had prior to Christmas, he was just like, oh, no, <laughs> no heel turns, <laughs> please. <laughs> hmm. uh, but a very deserving match on a on a top eight, especially. It was probably the only match we could have picked on this particular it was card. The first yeah. time ever, historic Ooh. event. Ah, there we go. What's <laughs> that? Something like Otis, actually. They weren't using like first time ever and historic. Oh, no, much. no, they didn't. They didn't. Not they did. Not as much. They only do that because they made most of the first ever women's eye on the match. I remember actually, Bailey Sasha had one. I just remember them just going, it was the first time ever historic, like literally in that order, and I went, ah, pop. <laughs> they said first ever last women standing as well, and I was like, Asuka and Nikki. Asuka but, and Nikki. Yeah. That totally happened though. <laughs> Kevin Owens' first ever match. He's been in NXT for four months now. It's just yeah. weird how they don't mm-hmm. acknowledge NXT until, yeah. they, <laughs> until they come up. I think oh. that's a Vince thing. Vince doesn't watch NXT apparently, but he should. He should because there's lots of great matches, like the one we're going to talk about next, mm. which got a score of 116. It was a very emotional match that happened in Toronto. It was the Revival versus DIY. Who else in the panel should I go to? Other than, of course, the Revival's biggest fan <laughs> and someone who gets very emotional in DIY matches. Oh, no. like, Sarah. Oh no. Two out of three falls. Revival DIY. <laughs> This is like my favourite match heading into this. Like I know I didn't vote it as like my favourite. Well, yeah, number two. Exactly. So it's close to being a favourite, but what, the one I voted number one, I couldn't have voted that as number one. So let's just. But I was like, I was saying before the show that yes, like I am like a huge revival fan, absolutely huge DIY fan at the time, and I'm still not over that heartbreak. But um, like We're this. Back together, not in the same way, James. It will never be the same. <laughs> it's not the same. No, um, I still got trust issues from that. Oh, right. <laughs> um, like, we're heading into this match. It was sort of win-win for me because either one of my favourite two teams was going to walk out champions, but at the same time, one of my favourite two teams is not going to walk out the champions. So this was so, so upsetting for me and so, so happy in a way, but two out of three falls, I've always thought is like, it should be the stipulation to end a feud. It's like best out of three. Like everyone does that. Rock, paper, scissors. It's always best out of three. Everything is always best out of three. So in this match, Ultimate Masterclass, like this is this was my 
happy place. So it's like tag team wrestling actually became important again because like I actually still say that because of these two teams in NXT, tag team wrestling started to matter again. Mm. Um, and you, you can go wrong. I mean, like the first fall is like Shatter Machine. It's like one of the greatest finishers ever. Oh, it's a fantastic! <laughs> I love that finisher to pieces. It's a fantastic finisher. Cool name too. Shatter Machine. Shatter Machine. The finishes that these teams use. I love the Gargano uh, Champa super kick. Oh, the, the, the end of Harry. Yeah. Was that not called? Yeah. Uh, meet in the middle. It's meet the in the end middle. Harry's Roderick Strong's. Oh, that's that's yeah. Roderick Strong's yeah. backbreaker. It's also, also, the, it's also yeah. the worst name for a finisher ever. <laughs> it's in the middle. It's like Sunfold Song or some other. Band they like so we know what Roderick Strong is doing in his name. Kill Switch Engage, that's it. I haven't had Roderick Strong as a script man. Before we talk about Roderick Strong, Gary, you it. Oh, the the finish and the you you may have been coming onto this in a moment, but the the finish of the match with the double the double tap out as well. That's a proper. That was that was perfect, wasn't it? It's like you just see them like it's like two best pals going, no, don't you do tap and we're in this together, and they're like. Fucking tap tap tap, and you're like, <laughs> it was just the emotion in that match. David Campbell, the director on the call. Oh, uh, it, was it was so good. It was so good that Triple H and Stephanie stole it in their Ronda Rousey angle match. I know. And they didn't even do it right. Yeah, if you're going to pay tribute to something, you do it right. God damn it! All I have to say about this match is, say yeah. This yes. is the match that I thought the revival. Like, who are these revival fellows? This guy is bald with a mustache. I don't care about that. They were known as the mechanics to start with as well. You're like, wait, what? This is the match that made me think that Scott Dawson is an absolute superstar I love both of them together but Scott there's something about Scott Dawson that I've always just, yeah he's, I've always just grabbed it it looks so grumpy all the time <laughs> I think and I just love it it's like the downward moustache with the mutton chops you're like yeah he just looks sad he is the one wrestler on that roster I'd love to just grab a beer with and just listen to talk because I just no. think he can play 100% no of the time fists. yeah and then there's things you talk about tag team wrestling starting to matter the psychology of the revival in this match was second to none like you see this, the tricks they were doing and some of like so something as simple as getting your opponent in the corner and laying into them they seem to do that in inventive ways in this match I just remember like it was uh, Dash Wilder like leaning over Gargano at this point yes. like in the corner I was just like this is just so cool and it's so simple one of the f- your tag team in NXT one of the things you said David uh, earlier on we talked about the Bailey Sasha match was it wouldn't have been great it's good without. Was it you said that? I can't remember. Scott, said Scott, sorry, Scott. I'm getting used to it mixed up with your <laughs> matching schlure. <laughs> uh, Scott, you said that the, the match before wouldn't have been as good without this one. This yeah. is a, another example as well between these two. Their match, their yeah. other match was on our top 24, didn't make the top 8, but that was a brilliant match as well. Yeah, it's, it's a sequel building on the original, as it were. And like, I remember I loved the revival street with American Alpha. You mm-hmm. had that feel good moment in a weekend and all that. And for a while, I thought when American Alpha went up, like nothing's going to be able to top this few tag team mm-hmm. lives. And this match proved me wrong. Like, cause I obviously wasn't as big a fan of the Brick Club match, but this really pulled me back. And how this isn't five stars, I don't know. I mean, at the time, four point four point five officially it got. It I remember have been when Meltzer was saying, "I don't know if I can quite give it five stars." And Scott Dawson, we was brilliant and said. What if we changed our finisher to the Meltzer machine? Would you give us? A <laughs> <laughs> well, what more could they have done to get five stars in that match? <coughs> well, like Nothing. Like, He's a fraud. <laughs> Charlton. James Murphy versus Steve Meltzer coming soon. Pay-per-view. But uh, seven stars. But to come with Sarah said about two or three falls match. Like that's a very underrated stipulation in my opinion because for a while in NXT it seemed to be the ultimate blow off as a two or three mm-hmm. falls match. Yes. While officially in the early days you had Sammy v Cesaro, you had. They had American Alpha in Revival in one, and they had this one here. It seemed like 
you want to end a feud, we don't need weapons, we just need good wrestling. No, no, it's amazing looking back on it. How Tommaso Ciampa has morphed himself into such a mega heel when there was such big baby faces yes. at this point. It's oh. just like, that's how much he... That's how good he is at being a bad guy. The cafe was that he was always a bastard. They, they kind of... But they, Psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-psycho-killer-ps
how hot was the crowd in Brooklyn? The first takeover to be held outside the full sale. Yeah, this is like NXT was already by this point well one with amongst the most hardcore fans and plus this is a big four weekend so they were gonna be hot no matter what you but it helped that they actually got a good show. I think I told you I talked to you about this like these two matches with Bailey and Sasha and the Becky Sasha one from Unstoppable the month or so before. They were both helped by the fact that when you watch them you're so impressed by the quality of them. And it's also helped by the fact that you're watching in the main roster and you're really not getting much in terms of women's wrestling. Essentially, just by the way, these people are pals, but they don't like these ones, so everyone's going to fight at once <coughs> if you don't know who's who anymore. Uh, yeah. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> this was the night a miracle happened and Bailey became the champion. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like this really special See, match. So, yeah, I thought you were going to say you sexy thing after that thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, as a director, you need to appreciate. The video package that they did for this match between these two, it was oh. peak WWE. <laughs> it was work. perfect, and I love the fading image of the four horsewomen, and it's just Bailey being taken out of that. And the picture. music just slowing down. Yeah, because they say our motivations up perfectly. It's like I am the one who's been overlooked here. I am the underdog. I am. The, I'm just but a much a part of this uh, revolution as you guys, and I'm the one getting left behind. No, no. <laughs> How have WWE not won an Emmy for their video for their video editing yet? Because it boggles the mind. It's frowned, it's looked down upon in terms of TV when mm-hmm. in actuality it's the best soap opera that's been on TV for the just, past 25, 30 years. This was it, it just the, this is coming this was at a time when I wasn't even into NXT. Mm-hmm. I really just got back into wrestling. And this was still compelling to someone who was just sort of learning who was who. Mm-hmm. And if that's someone with a passing knowledge of wrestling, surely any wrestling fan would have loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, I think when I rewatch this, because of how much I've seen of Bailey and Sasha, I just think I understand why you're such a big deal, why you're praised so much. Because that match and the match before it were prime examples of what women were into achieve like, in terms of wrestling. Like, you can criticize the V for a lot of things, but you you rarely hear anybody. Uh, crit- criticizing their edit and their video packages because they can do them better than just anybody. Oh, that's absolutely phenomenal. But one thing we've kind of outlined, Sarah, of this these five matches so far is we talk a lot about the cards. If you look at the, the matches that came before this, we had Justin Thunder Liger debuting in WWE. Mm-hmm. We had the, the tag team championship match, which if you look back at it now, Vod Villains versus Blake, Blake, Blake and Murphy mm-hmm. doesn't seem great at the time. The crowd, awesome. the crowd were so into the vaudevillains. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows how good this match was to stand out on this card. Yeah, um, Balor and Joe as well. Oh, I know. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, no, Balor and Owens. Balor and Owens, sorry, Ooh. the match. Yeah, no, he fought Joe match. that many times. It's I know, Joe came after that. Joe came after the Dusty Classic. Yeah, so he did. Um, no, like, see, what, I, what really actually drew me into this match is that this, in my eyes, like, I know everyone, like, I do even talk about Paige and Emma kicking off the women's revolution. This is what brought it to light in my opinion like I was a firm believer of the actual revolution going on at the main roster at that particular time but it was actually this one showed what a true revolution can actually be because mm-hmm. like it, it didn't even take much but 15,000 people were brought to their feet by this match you could tell from the get-go that it was it's a plain simple match as well it was classic you've got the good guy versus the bad guy again you could easily see Sasha being the cocky heel coming in in that big escalade and Quacky looks like you're going to fall asleep in my... No, it's no. like a bedtime story. Like yeah. It's like the, the hero and the villain. No, the hero and the villain. It's just like, you know, the princess and the bad guy. So, 
I was actually listening intently because I was going back to that match. I just felt like my storytelling was that good. The quacker was just like, oh, bedtime story. Yeah, once upon a time. Once upon a time, there was a princess called Bailey and a bad guy called Sasha. <laughs> and at the end of the day, Bailey slayed the dragon after being the ultimate underdog and, you know, took the title. Took and the I think home. that Sarah and Scott have put it beautifully <laughs> when it came to you're comparing the revolution that was going on in the main roster at that time to what was happening in NXT. And we're finally getting it now. What we didn't want with the women's revolution was throw as many women into a match as possible they've That's all got to, to be see. there we want to see good storytelling and good time being dedicated mm-hmm. to the women's division that is what Bailey and Sasha showed us that is what Bailey and Sasha showed us what the future could be like and we're yeah. finally getting it now we're seeing the seeds that were planted here in Brooklyn finally come into fruition leading into this year's Wrestlemania yeah, it was a really good story going into this is Bailey good enough to win it can Bailey? Uh, is, can Bailey win the big match? Can she do the things she needs to do to win the match? And you've seen Bailey start the match with some aggression that you don't usually see from her. But some of the spots in that match, there were some really great spots in it. There was uh, Bailey's, uh, I loved her springboard elbow and <laughs> Sasha in the corner, which you don't see her do anymore, which looked devastating. Okay. Sam, Sasha doing the somersault over the, as the ref was at oh, the ropes, know, that, that over the ref over onto the floor. Great, and the pop when Bailey hit the Bailey to Bailey when Sasha was holding the ropes and she sort of pulled her up, caught her, hit the Bailey to Bailey. The whole place went it mental. It was the reverse for Kalana as well. Oh, you just like yeah, ah. the Bailey to Bailey was um, yeah. amazing. Uh, for me, like the whole match, the best thing about it was, I think for um, for a long time, it's the best use of ring work, uh, rope work I've seen because mm-hmm. like a lot of the spots yeah, yeah, involved the ropes and it was just. Amazing, seeing high flying technical submission, whatever, all years of the ropes is brilliant. Well, see, it also goes back to talk about earlier about Sami Zayn being like the heart and soul. Bailey was the female Sami Zayn at this particular time, like she was the ultimate underdogs, like she could never get the big time. And that's what it's like, it worked for the guy, it's like, well, work it for a female. And it worked even better, in my opinion, than what it did for Sami. I mean, she was like considered the heart and soul. And like everyone else had went away to the main roster, she was left, and she had that division built all the way around her, and it worked. Has there been a purer babyface than Bailey, really? Johnny Gargano. Oh, I did literally turned heel. Yeah, yeah, but for a while. I mean, I don't think I mean, even Bailey could never turn heel. Was thing. still yeah. doing cool. questionable things. To I, think the, I, think, I think at the start of the DIY feud. He was probably the purest baby face yeah. had since Bailey. Oh yeah. Even when Bailey got super mad, I think the most she did was hit someone with a kindle stick. Johnny Gargano was handcuffing Champa and banging yeah. seven shades out of him. You he know, went yeah. to that dark place. Like, yeah. Wait, yeah, Bailey just rubbed ba- up. Even John Cena in his <laughs> white bread milk toast cornflakes. <laughs> 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 you know, Bailey's Bailey's the purest baby face. I don't think uh, I mean Bailey wow. I think it's, I think it'd be impossible to ever turn Bailey heel I don't oh, I hope you're right Sarah <laughs> you don't ever see it working like, you oh. know Bailey she's been like the yeah. purest baby face since she debuted there's going to be an article on Sports Skeeter tomorrow that says Bailey went dark tweet predict Bailey to turn heel tomorrow <laughs> I would love that just for the cover we've talked a lot about how the main roster was doing things in the next year at the time like when you look at the main roster, women were lucky to be allowed to go to the top. Well, oh, like in this match, women are pulling it by the reverse runs for the top <laughs> row. Well, the night after they had a nine women triple threat tag match, which yeah. Yeah. let's let's be honest was Becky got the win in that match. Actually. I know, right? In that one, which yeah. was great. Yeah. 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 I'm not a fan of the reverse run. That's quite a dangerous move. Yeah. Yeah. Like way too often. Right. Yeah. 
in NXT. You talked about like yes, about like the whole full sale thing and compared to Brooklyn, like with these two, I think you can put it in any kind of arena, and people are buying it because the these matches were that good, and the crowd. As long as it's the NXT fans, you jam as many into a small arena or a big arena, they'll still buy into it. Is it surprising? This is the only Brooklyn match that was in the top eight. Considered how many times. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't think any other match really stood out yeah. after uh, this one. This the, one kind of stole the show. The other Brooklyn matches we had in our top twenty-four was Asuka versus Ember Moon, Revival DIY one, and Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain. Okay. I am a matches. huge fan of the Asuka Ember Moon feud yeah. out of the ones you met listed there. Um, I think that feud is very, very much underrated, mm-hmm. um, and Ember Shayna for that matter as well. I will only make it say it feels harsh to criticise any of these matches, but the one thing that I'd pick out about this match is at the beginning of it, there seems to be some nerves and some pacing issues between the two. Mm-hmm. I think that might be because it's the first time these two are performing on a stage this big, that the first time under those huge lights they're kind of rushing into things a wee bit and they're not giving things as much time as they should possibly. However, they do settle into the match fairly quickly. It was just something I noticed off the bat was like, whoa, they're kind of rushing these sequences a wee bit, a few wee botches here and there, but they settled in quite quickly. Yeah, I don't say there haven't been good matches that haven't been good matches since Bailey Sasha but I really enjoy one of my favourite women's matches other than the Bailey Sasha is Asuka Ember at Brooklyn 3 and I think that was one of the better matches best women's mat- title matches since the, that feud mm-hmm. which I think speaks to, speaks to how good of a standard they set that few matches after it could really get close to it yeah I mean the, this was this is obviously the pinnacle of women's wrestling as we've kind of got in our rank it's the final women's match is going to be on our top eight, but we're sexist. <laughs> and we apparently hate tag wrestling because like, <laughs> yeah. hate women, hate tag well, wrestling. When you see the top three, which well, gonna... I don't hate women's wrestling or tag wrestling. So why didn't you vote them higher then? I, I vote the tag wrestling okay. as number two. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, you'll understand when we talk in the second half about our top three, the quality of the matches. The top three were far ahead in the ranking, but that's going to be in the second half. But we're going to take a short break first, where we're going to hear some of the best entrances in the history of NXT TakeOver. And then we're going to talk about our top three. We'll see you in a bit. See ya. Hi, I'm Jenny Kaitel, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex and Tweet.
it's your boy Shug D out here swag surfing in Scotland. And when I'm doing my thing, I like to think I do it in this order. It's eat, sleep, suplex, retweet. Let me run that back for you. It's eat, sleep, suplex, retweet. Remember the order. Listen to the show. Now you know. It's Shug D for the 99-2000. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex. Welcome back to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson. I am joined by my lovely panel today. And we are talking about the history of NXT TakeOver. Uh, Before we go back onto the subject, thank you again to Debbie Keitel for being the voice of this week's show. You can catch Sarah's lovely interview with her on our back catalogue, iTunes, all good Android podcasting sites, and Spotify. Right, so before we go back onto the the final three matches, I just want to outline some of the ones briefly that were um, touched upon (laughs) that we didn't quite get in our top eight. We had the likes of Gargano Ricochet at the recent Phoenix show, the triple threat uh, tag team match at Orlando, Revival DIY and Offers of Pain. Uh, We had... Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch at Unstoppable. Yes. yes. Was this your number one team? Be honest. It was number my one? number five. <laughs> which was also, number five. Was also, it was also Sarah one? and David's number five. It's a class, it's a class match. match. Uh, I've just been honourable mention. I used to put it very high. <laughs> yes. I, I hadn't seen it when it came out. I had to watch it for, it for research for the show. It was certainly a match. It was so a match. I had the same attachment to that match. We had some uh, great matches from the early days of TakeOver as well. Sami Zayn and Neville. Yeah. At uh, oh, our evolution, Kevin Owens heel turns amazing. Some of the matches from the Brooklyn ones we noticed we touched upon earlier on. We had War Games too. Electric Boogaloo. Didn't get didn't get top. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we also had the very first match from take from the takeover the specials. It wasn't a takeover at that point in time. Sami Zayn Cesaro. Oh, I love that yeah. match. An absolute phenomenal match. One match that a lot of the listeners when we asked them. Their opinion. A lot of the listeners picked out a lot of our top twenty-four. By the way, the one that came up quite frequently was the six-man ladder match at New Orleans, which wasn't in the top eight. Which makes you realise what might be in the top eight, the top twenty-four. But we may talk about that in a bit. Let's go on to our top three, which were I'm not going to lie. The top three were kind of runaways in terms of points. When we talk again, this is out of one hundred and sixty-eight. This particular match got 135 on our rankings. Uh, it was the first ever NXT TakeOver match to get five-star rating. First ever? Yes. Historic. <laughs> it was the match between Johnny Gargano and Andrade Cien Almas. How was that, Quacker? Uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, Quacker, I think I might actually go to you in this one as the biggest Andrade fan that I know. <laughs> what did you make of uh, this match between these two? Um, what a match. Like, for me, like, I'm not scared to admit, like, when NXT started, I was still on my kind of hiatus. I was still kind of crawling into wrestling. And that's when I first went to my first ICW show. And then that's when I was kind of got interested in WWE and the first takeover match I watched that I watched live was Gargano Almas I'm going to give him his full name because he's got his name cut on Smackdown it's annoying me yeah, really. he's and now just Andrade I know it's weird music say it'll say Cien Almas but that's another thing 
But that match was what got me hooked on NXT TakeOver because it was during when I had the month subscription, uh, the free month <laughs> subscription on WWE Network. I just thought, okay, I'll give this a bash. And it was that match that made me not cancel my direct debit <laughs> and I've stuck by since so mm-hmm. yeah uh, Scott and any other show the match that came before this Alistair Black versus Adam Cole would have, would have would have got oh, no. oh. That. Oh. I that. did it before Dave he's not here don't care not you Dave, oh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> good uh, one see ya uh, Scott uh, this was that would have been match the night any other time but uh, it just shows the calibre of this match and this was we talked earlier on in, in the show about Sami Zayn being the MVP of in the early days. Yeah. Johnny Gargano's firmly has solidified himself as the current MVP, and this was the first, the one in the, the match on his own that that showed just what he was capable of. Yeah, definitely. Like all like all three of these matches could be five stars easily, or they could be like number one for us. But uh, like you said, Johnny Gargano was like one of the purest faces the NXT had at the time. Or all WWE had at this time, and like we knew how good this match could have been, could, like could be because we had the match at Brooklyn, and then they'd had another match on NXT, and they they kind of like, they had Andrade and so they had dismissing Johnny Star like with you again, have we no beaten you already? Obviously, the Norfolk Glasgow didn't say it like that. <laughs> could you imagine though? Right. Well, they just beat Drew. Yeah, the takeover before that they may have inherited something off him. That and his belt, I take your accent, I was going to say, that's, that's how it works. You absorb their accent as well as their championship. <laughs> uh, I, I now speak like an arsehole because it's Stephen's belt. Uh, James, uh, I, before this match, was, I underestimated Almas as a top level competitor. Uh, we talk a lot about Johnny, but does he not get enough credit compared to Johnny in this one? Or do you think? Uh, I would say he was a better competitor in this match. Andrade saying Almas, he's one of these wrestlers who doesn't really have a comparable counterpart except maybe Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. which by the way, some of their matches on SmackDown oh. have been phenomenal you can watch that all year Rey Mysterio looks at his 20 it's incredible Uh, but the problem is I think I would say the crowd loved it but if maybe they knew a bit more about who Andrade was this would have been one of those fight forever screaming Zayn and Nakamura type responses I was sad to see Almas lose that title I think it could have held on to him yeah. a bit longer. I think it made sense for him going up to the main roster. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. they underutilized them, but they're using them well now. Yeah, absolutely. He's now getting very well used. But uh, David, we've talked a lot in this show about finishes to match. We talked mm-hmm. about it in the match just before the break with Bailey and Sasha. Mm-hmm. The finishing sequence to this one, the double knees on the apron mm-hmm. yeah. to the ring post. Oh my god, Johnny looked like he was dead. I actually think, and this is high praise, it's my favourite finish of any of the matches we're discussing on today's list. Yeah. Um, And that comes down to a lot. um, Good commentary makes good matches. Myro Ronaldo's constant reminder that Johnny might be basically dying if he takes an hour (laughs) to the neck or head um, kind of made you think, yeah, yeah, you're right, Myro. And then all of a sudden, double knees to the the bloody pole. And you're like, oh my goodness. I actually forgot that, and then as soon as you mentioned it, I just saw the flash in my head yeah. of remembering that happening and shouting at home, just going, ooh! Yeah, and people, people forget how effective a DDT finisher could be, and I think Andrade is one of the few people who uses it extremely well. Yeah, um, yeah. Better than Alexa Blisses. Yeah, and I also wanted to bring up 
when I made my debut in this show more than a year ago now, one of the first things that I said was Zelina Vega makes Andrade Cien Almas the competitor and character that he is. And she paid dividends in this mm. match. She helped to increase the drama. We had that part of the what was effective about the finish was Zelina wasn't even at ringside because Candace came out and chased her, her <laughs> hornswoggle style off into the sunset. Um, one thing I like about it adds a wee bit extra. We've got a fantastic match, but see, it's all about stories. Oh yeah. And what helped made this was what happened after the match <laughs> where we saw the return. Of the psycho killer, Tommaso Ciampa. Oh yeah, I mean, what else could you have done at the end of that match? I mean, did that involve the watermark? No, no, yeah. no. It was just no, the, the, the I don't even had a watermark. The watermark. It was the crutch. No, I think it was the watermark. Only the water came up just before the crutch came out. Well, there we go. It's a perfect time to talk to Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my crying is different. I'm never going to live that down, but then I milk it like, as much as I possibly can. I know, like the debut of the crutch, I mean, it was like the end of one of you, and it's just like, right, kickstart the next one. It's like we've been waiting for this to kick off ever since uh, the ladder match, and we're like, we had to wait like a whole nine months to a year to get this, and it was the debut of the crutch. Debut of the crotch. Wait, it sounds like you're saying crotches. <laughs> I mean, I am the creepy one. Sorry, I am. <laughs> Big star of the year, according to Master Champion, Crutchy. Crutchy. What you don't see in the other car rank, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's nice to see the crutch you get out. Did like I go halfway across the world to take pictures of people's crutches? It's crutches. <laughs> to be fair, it's nice to see that the crutch got caught in the main roster recently with Becky Lynch. You know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the crutch has been, you know, having a rough time of it, sitting at home, not being able to make the money. So, glad it's in employment again. No. Well deserving of the first WWE five star match since CM Punk and John Cena. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it took that long. But that's the thing. You talk about length. Like WWE don't give their competitors enough time. All the majority of the times, for lack of a better term, they cut matches off at around the twenty minute mark. Typically, even for main events, sometimes this match goes on like thirty five to forty minutes. I believe. Oh, it's a solid. It's a yeah. solid match. Yeah, and that's what giving the competitors enough room to breathe and grow and to build suspense and have a finish that doesn't feel out of place or out of time that's when you're going to get these five star classics and a lot of the time especially in the main roster they just don't give the wrestlers enough time to do that No, and it's the fact that NXT when you really think about it has been around for so long at this point and been putting it such so many great matches one, one take after the other that you really realise wait, wait this is the only one that's got five stars it really just but so what her goodest match is and how apparently flawed Mr. Meltzer's system is. Yeah. Well, I think the, how flawed his system potentially is is outlined in our number two match. It's a match that happened at NXT TakeOver Chicago. It's one that, from a British and Scottish perspective, obviously makes us absolutely proud at how high this has been ranked. Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate mm. for the UK Championship. Woo! J- James, you had this <laughs> as your number one. I did. Uh, there is no better example of the pure wrestling style than this match in NXT or WWE. Mm-hmm. It's just, they don't even really tell a great story because the entire thing was just, I had the belt, you had the belt, let's wrestle and see who's better. There's, they don't really hate each other that much. No, oh, they're, 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 they're pals in every other promotion. Because like, Tyler Bate, like, he's like, oh, I think they've had some promos around it. 
But they were, it was all very mm-hmm. parallel. It never actually connected. But the match itself told you all you needed to know. It was. It was. And it was this one of these guys is a sick, sort of like twisted, brutality-based fighter, and one of them is a, an athlete who attempts to divide his opponent through just superior stamina and strength. Yeah. And. That's really what I like. I, I don't think there's anything else I could say when I watch this match. It's not, I don't care that Pete Dunne kicked his dog or whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, I just want to see one of them win. No, it's, 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 it's amazing to say that when you think a couple of months before that, the two of them were fighting in town halls in mm-hmm. like Kilmarnock. I mean, Tyler Bate fought Kieran Kelly a couple of months before it. And then, they were, and then they were in Chicago. It just so, shows how far they came and they... You can tell that by how, how well they performed that, and how much it meant to the tour. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like you say, like, Tyler Bate was fighting Keegan Kelly. Uh, like, it was like an SWA show, wasn't it? Or, like, it was in Kilmarnock. Like, something or, something or BCW, something. like one of the two. And you just, going from that to that, on like such a high calibre, it made you absolutely proud. I mean, I remember sitting watching this match and like, remembering it was a rematch from... Like the inaugural tournament when they were just starting kicking off, there was no NXT UK brand. There was just a United Kingdom champion. That at this point you didn't know what was going to go on with the actual championship that was that, that had been given to Tyler at this particular time. I actually stated like before before we started recording, like how different that these guys look in comparison. Just and that this was only like a couple of years ago as well. It wasn't even that long no, ago. No, it's barely even. And it's barely it's how different the Tyler looks, how grown up he looks, and how Pete looks a lot older as well. They molded. Mm. But at, like from a British standpoint, I mean, I don't think there was a single person in the whole of the United Kingdom that was sitting watching this that wasn't feeling a moment of pride that these guys were putting out an absolute stellar match and it got match of the year. Like we were saying that it was, it was like May time, I'm pretty sure this was. May was, it was. May and we were also saying it's a match of the year contender and it wasn't carried through mm. till the rest of the year that ended. Now, uh, David, I'll think there's certain things you can see <coughs> in how WWE presents matches that make you think they're taking this very seriously. On an NXT TakeOver card, not even a big four one at that point in time, it coincided, it was just in May in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they bring JR out to commentate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes yeah. this match, that is a very effective uh, pairing of JR and Nigel McGuinness in this, in this <laughs> contest. Um, purely because they're two voices you don't expect to hear next to each other, but <laughs> they also do their best to get across a sense of legitimacy when it comes to this match. And I think James touched on that, and it's a very important point. For my money, the Bruiserweight is the most effective gimmick in professional wrestling today because he's not good, he's not even evil, he's just a force of nature. He's a man, like James said, who goes out to win every single match he goes into and it was JR Nigel's like, oh, ah, ee, like every time he like, manipulated a joint or anything like that that just sold. This was maybe my first exposure to Pete Dunne because I wasn't an avid watcher of the UK tournament but it sold to me just how dangerous that man can be and I was very impressed. Yeah, Scott, I mean, Pete, Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. It's freakish how young. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know Pete Dunne's not exactly old, but Tyler Bate. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's disgusting. <laughs> Tyler Bate was younger. Is younger than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I like to think about it. Twenty-two, isn't it? He's twenty-two now. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty during this. Twenty at the time of the match. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
<laughs> we felt he should have won a championship rightfully and can't believe that he lost it to someone else so goes into the rematch I can't believe so you're much comparing more. David Hockney to Tyler Bates he's actually versus Tyler Bates I'd love to see that no, no matter what like, I can't believe I lost to Tyler Bates and I'm watching him hold what should be mine which is similar to how I felt to David Hockney when he stole this championship from me uh, the Royal Rumble was a sour times I'm better now but it's like you're saying it's like James is saying it's just a simple story yeah. man has title man wants title <laughs> men will fight for title and it's, it's, it, yeah. it's like it's like what I've been saying all along you don't need complicated intricate plots with a higher power or anything like that to have good example. yeah <laughs> to have good David, wrestling David it's interesting because you actually rated this the lowest out of everybody in this panel true we've got an overall score of 148 so your rating of nine of your ninth best match wasn't yeah. exactly the worst thing. I think it's my fondness for the women's division really is where NXT shines for me and I think I ranked three women's matches above this. Yeah, yeah. Bailey Sasha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey Sa- No, not even one Bailey Sasha. Oh yeah, yeah no, quite a lot of the women's matches. Yeah, and I think it's the I think for me it's the fact that I was pro- I'm pro- underexposed to UK product compared to a lot of the other guys at the table here. But if there's one match and actually watching it again recently that's going to make me go back and explore the UK product a lot more in depth and especially the back catalogue of Pete Dunne who like I say I think is the most effective character in wrestling today is definitely this match so ranking it 9 it's like <laughs> ranking it 9 in the, the greatest of all time you know what I mean it's still an exemplary match just on a personal level from a personal connection to it I'm not as invested as probably everyone else it was, just, it was, it was just good because it showed how much they were taking or seen seriously to yeah. book it on such a big show yeah, look at the other matches on the show you had that you had AOP DIY say that until Pete Dunne loses to Walter has he not got learned the longest undefeated is he uh, undefeated no he's lost longest it. championship he's, he's lost in NXT TV I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah he has yeah he got pinned at New Orleans and that when uh, Roddy turned on him. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, but he's got his championship ring in his. Oh, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming up 600 years well past that. Steven, well past that. No, it, was, it was like five, six something last Stephen, just what you were saying when a Chicago crowd is chanting UK over and over <laughs> again. That is, that is a <laughs> like, moment. That's a we look like Tommy JR, and it's good to me one of the people that says maximize your minutes. Like, they may not have had much exposure to the US audience than we well known to work for us, but. Uh, like the fact that they eventually got the Curtis Chance fight forever and UK. The fact that they voted for this match, and this is the match that everybody remembers from this show over the DIY EOP Laris. A lot of people only would probably remember that for the angle of that, which I won't get into before. Thank so you. I can write right myself. Pete Dunne has now held the UK Championship for 643 days. Jeez. And counting. Plus. Uh, like you talk, we talk about how young they were. Like I think that's what kind of plays in us because Tyler Bate is so young, so he's constantly going for these high spots. He's going going to the outside, coming off the top, and he goes for one too many, and that's when he gets caught, and that's where that's it, that's it. he's down for. That aeroplane spin is a thing of beauty. Yeah, it's the fact that it's like picks up speed, and you're like, is yeah. he ever going to stop? So how could you not get this? Hey, that you see this from Lauren going, oh, okay, there you I go. To, he to, is actually human. I need to ask the panel a very serious question. Oh, Dunn versus Walter. When is that? It's going to be at the next. It's supposed to be in New York. Spoiler alert! It's going to be the next takeover show. So that'll be just after Brexit happens, maybe. So you think Brexit culminates <laughs> with an Austrian getting the UK championship? <laughs> Is this acceptable? God. Before before James goes all Brexit on, as I think we should um, Brexit James. Full disclosure: I do not support Brexit in any way. I think we should Brexit have a James BJ. <laughs> I think we should have a bit of a drum roll as we're about to announce our top match. 
up too much. Not the sound. <laughs> it's a match which got a total of 163 out of 168. Nice. It was that universally liked across our panel. Only three people didn't vote it as number one. And it's no way, Jose. Did he even fight? No. It is, of course, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, unsanctioned match. New Orleans. Woo! Had to be. What a match. Sarah, take us away. Of course you're going to put me first, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, this, this is the feud that broke my heart. I mean, of course. But no, unsanctioned match. Going into this, like, you can see even from the get-go, the referee was not wearing his t- traditional referee clothes. Champa was not wearing his traditional gear. And neither was Johnny Gargano. They were just in normal clothes. We are like, this is not sanctioned. Nothing to do with us. It's like, Ken, what? You guys just, you've, we've had enough of you. Just, you do it. And we are going to have no part of this. It's like, whatever you do, if you die, you die. Right? That's the, that was the mentality of, that was meant to come across. But it worked because it just showed how much these two hated each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, the build-up from, from, that, from that ladder match to, to this... Absolutely phenomenal. It's like it was just getting higher and higher and higher. And I don't think I've been more scared for anyone's safety in an unsanctioned match than I had for this one. It's amazing, uh, David, I'll go here this one. When we compare these this match to the match we just talked about previously, that was yeah. typical British wrestling technical masterclass. This wasn't exactly technical classic considering how good these two are technical wrestlers. It was just two guys we storyline, despised each other. Yeah. I kicked lumps of each other. This is a wrestling storytelling at its best. And I also want to say that the unsanctioned match is probably one of the few protected stipulations in wrestling today. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever there's an unsanctioned match, you know that stuff is about to go down. Um, it's when you get the popcorn out. Yeah, yes. exactly. And it's like, it was just the constant callbacks throughout the match, the storytelling, the chemistry that both guys had. The fact they were exposing concrete, the finish with the knee brace, all of it just mm-hmm. blended perfectly together in this brutal, brutal mix of blood, sweat and tears. And the fact is that we went into it and you kind of knew that Johnny was going to win because this was also for Johnny Gargano's NXT contract. Mm. However, it's like what Gary was saying, a good match tricks you into thinking either of these men can win even if you have an inkling where the story's going and that's what happened here uh, with Champa and Gargano yeah uh, when I got some listener feedback Scott there was so many moments a lot of people said mm-hmm. that was a callback to this match and some of the ones I kind of think of I believe it was this one where they had the guy the, the fan in the in the crowd with the sign oh and he ripped it and he ripped it and then Johnny whacked him there was of course the finish with the knee brace into the Gargano escape. The sit down like the cruiserweight classic, like callbacks are plenty in this. Mm. It was just, it's just, everything's done yeah. so, so perfectly. It's just peak NXT yeah, at this we, point. We talked about how hard it was to rank these. When I went into the rankings, I immediately scrolled down to Matt Champa V Gargano, New Orleans, number one. Like, mm-hmm. they even have to question it because for me personally, the Gargano, Gargano Champa feud around this time, best story WD has ever done. Like, maybe ever, maybe in the top five ever. This is the best in the last five years for me. Because I don't think... And the reason I put this number one especially is all these ma- all the matches we've talked about, I haven't been invested in the story at nearly as much as I was for this one. Because like you said, like, Johnny needed, felt like he needed to win to get for his contract. This is also WrestleMania weekend. Mm-hmm. Around the time of call-offs, he could believably lose, build the heat, even more nuclear heat on Champa than he already had. And he really had it. And let Johnny go up because they'd had 
even Jack Daniel Bryan was still GM, he, he's, oh, I'd love to have Johnny Gargano uh, on yeah. SmackDown. Yeah, uh, James, I think this just shows the quality of this match. When you look at kind of our rankings, it's, these two have had three matches in the last year. This is both the only one of these two that we picked. And when you look at the other big match that happened on this card, the six-man ladder match for the North American title, it just shows how good this actually was. When you look at the competition it's had to get up for top matches, how unanimously we picked it. It's far and away the best Gargano champion match that has ever existed. And that includes the work as a tag team. Mm-hmm. And it's far and away at least one of the best matches to ever take place on WWE television. And that's a big ballpark given that that goes back to, you know, Austin, Bret Hart, that goes back to Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. This is one of the best matches I've ever seen. It's just, it's it's just so good. Great. And the thing is, like David said, it's not like an unsanctioned match can ever be twisted in any way. Like, you know, John Cena would have I quit matches where someone would say I quit and he'd still bar them anyway. Yeah. That's not part of the match. An unsanctioned match is just pure hatred that ends only when begrudgingly a referee ends it. Yeah. With like, a, is that a pinfall? This match, if I, if I remember right, this match ends with a... Taps out. Taps out. Taps out to the Gargano a There's a rope DDT which then changes... That's uh, so complicated. There's so many... The rope, the, the rope DDT is the, the big finish to the second match. Yeah, that's the second match. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the big finish. This was just a tap out, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but... Is that when he brought the knee brace to Torment? Yeah. He brought in the... It brought in, was it the crutch? And then yeah, Gargano yeah, yeah, just yeah. kind of looked at him like your puppy would look at you when you've yeah. not seen him for five days. He's don't hit me, don't hit me, we're best friends. He's like, just just forgive me. He's like, I'm so sorry I ever did this. You're like, yeah, I have bullshit. That's just a great moment of pure... Because it's so, it scarred it's the Lion King. Like, up, went, oh, yeah, it's scarred <laughs> pleading to Simba not to attack oh, him at the end of the, of the movie. Because, <laughs> yeah, because Champa is that character. He's evil and he's twisted. But don't forget Champa's motivations for attacking Johnny in the first place. It wasn't because he hated him, it was because he was injured and he was afraid he was going to get replaced. Yeah. You know? It's interesting, Sarah, you said about the, the match kind of built, built up, but you kind of look at. From, from May to January, we did not see Tommaso Ciampa. Nope. It was literally just Tommaso Ciampa on Twitter being absolutely the troll that he is. I destroyed your wedding pictures. There <laughs> you go, yeah. guys. It's just, it, it, it's, it's the simple things. Like One of my favourite tweets of his is like, you playing as day two in 2K18 or 19 or whatever it was, and he says he, he recreated the thing for Chicago, and the tears on Johnny's face are so lifelike in these games. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as... I love him. Pe- it's, a, it's, a, it's a perfect match. Like, we, we talked yeah. about how the done eight match cat overshadowed the the ladder match, and that's what people remember. Like you really thought when the ladder match opened the show, there was a fear of could this overshadow this story that had been building for so long? That, and the fact that we both remember either of them, and like we're like either neither of those matches get five stars. I'll be shot, and they both got five stars. Well deserved. Champa came out to no music this night, didn't he? Oh, yeah. oh that he'll was heel heat. Looking like he'll heat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super, he super. He, he so didn't need the music. You, can, you, you feel sorry a wee bit for kind of you got Alistair Black and and Almas on the match before. This is Black's big match for the title, but yeah. as much as people love Black, nobody cares about it. All they want to see is these two. That was also the question of would they close the show with these two? Yeah. Would they have the traditional title match with it, and they were right. To close like, that's the, the question. Big people are thinking like if if Champa's going to win. Then there's a chance Almas and Black will go on last because, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. there's a chance they probably wouldn't want to end the show with that with 
when I've been booed at the building like that. Well, they done it for WrestleMania a few times. Yeah, they did it for WrestleMania. That next night. <laughs> yeah, I feel that they did for the very next takeover when Champa won. Yeah, no, there's no way that this match couldn't have closed the show though. I mean, this is like the debate that we always have. Like, I know Ross likes to say that it's like the title match should really go on last. It's supposed to be like the big culmination mm-hmm. of everything. But when a storytelling is so intense, how can you not make that close the show? I mean, if even if it hadn't been for the title, who who gives a crap? Yeah. It's like that storytelling. Nobody can say. That during this time that they were not invested in it. I mean, like, I was heartbroken from the night that it happened when he got, t- like, got thrown into the LED board and I was crying. I was just like, oh my god, how, how could this happen? To then, they all just come around full circle. It's like, yeah, oh, you can't even put it into words. And we've talked about heart and soul a lot today. Sami Zayn, the heart and soul of the NXT men's division. Bailey, the heart and soul of the NXT women's division. DIY were the heart and soul of the NXT tag, tag team division. Yes, so are. when those two break up, that is your story. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a very very fitting way. Actually, it's a very deserving number one. I think, and I think we're all happy that it was chosen to be yeah. our number one, despite some of the competition. You know, we had a, a very stiff, stiff, a very good set of matches to choose from. So it's very yeah. pleasing that one that's universally played praised by both us, mm-hmm. the listeners, pretty much near enough. So many of the listeners put Johnny Gargano as their MVP of NXT. Like like starting from end to finish, like you see it it starts out with Sami Zayn and it's continuing on with Johnny Gargano, like he is Mr. Takeover, but mm-hmm. Sami Zayn was the heart and soul of NXT and it's now the passing of the torch. Who's gonna be the next it's one once Johnny knows up? Somebody threatened that the two of them could end up finishing it a year later in New York, but that's for the next set of great NXT that's for the next five years. We've done our best to kinda of go over some of the best of the last five years it was so, so hard so many great matches out. we've done a very good job of ranking them all part two of the 24 matches we chose got over four on the Meltzer scale mm. yeah but what does he know he's <laughs> a fraud <laughs> and before I, wait hold on I formally predict that at WWE WrestleMania NXT everyone but Hanson and Volvo lose their titles Wow. I am. That's an interesting thought you heard that here. Can I make a point? Mm-hmm. This is a real thing of enjoy wrestling for what it is. Don't bother about going on the internet to find out if you should I, like or not. Exactly. Just yeah. like it for what you feel. Spot on. And Quirky, I think that's a very fitting point to end this no, show. No, I don't want to end the show yet. Because I don't think we've talked about the reason we're all here today. And that's for a championship celebration. No. But it's not for you. <laughs> I am sick and tired of you. <laughs> And the rest of those idiots at Roscoe <laughs> overshadowing the GOAT. Oh, Quite yeah. frankly, Scott, you've not been relevant at Roscoe until the last two months where you decided to rear your ugly head. I am sick and tired of being dragged down by that perpetual loser, Nathan Fisher. And Ross, if you're listening, I am sick of you having your name over the door. I am forming my own stable, the four goatsmen of the SSR. <laughs> and I already have their names. Gary Kernahan, Derek Kernahan, and Stacey Smith, we are taking over. And to start that reign off with a bang, I am wasting no time to take back my baby. I am cashing in, spare changing the tin. So, Kwaku, if you would do the honours, let's get a question on this table. God, I really hope you win. You son of a bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now been official that David the Goat Campbell is cashing in, is spare change in the tent, 
contract. Let's do it. It's a good thing I have a question to David. I really hope you get this right. There's that speech. Is Are you asking the question? I have the question. Oh, oh, oh. Now, the question here, folks, I have it ready. That question is this. Kofi Kingston has recently done very well and got himself in the main event title picture. My question to you all is, how many pay-per-view appearances has Kofi Kingston made in the WWE? Nearest answer wins a bit. What? Oh. Is this pre-show or main show? Mm, I'm not sure. As part of attack, as part of attack team or solo? Uh, I, think I think it's just general, just just general appearances. How many appearances has oh. he made? Okay. Oh. God, my heart. This is according to Pro Fight Database. 700? I don't know. <laughs> Loads? Look at the anticipation of this. It's actually like oh. five because Xavier went to the all the other ones. I'm sorry, Eva, if it doesn't work out, that speech alone was brilliant! <laughs> I feel bad that I didn't get that all on video though. Closest answer wins the belt. I'm putting a random number here and hoping for the best. This is for Goldie. Yeah. Can I have the pen? Oh. No, you can't have the pen. <laughs> the this is preventing the cash in. <laughs> Give him the pen. Most pay-per-view appeals. To all our listeners at home, there is excitement Wait. in the studio. What's it's that? not just silent. Right. Here we go. Oh. Do you want me to read out Cha- numbers? Champion. Six. Champion first. Okay, what's well, Scott. Good. About 56, I don't know. 56! Campbell. Put 60. The correct answer is 90. Yes! Free time, baby! <laughs> and the overstock! The Ghostman's ring begins with the champ! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, presenting. This is the plan all along. Eat, sleep, suplex, retweet. World champion. There's no star but me. There's no star but me. For the four goatsmen, baby. Kevin Smith. (laughs) 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 Roscoe, thank you for nothing. Goodbye. (laughs) On that note, I would like to. I would like to thank my lovely panel today, Gary. Sarah, James, <laughs> Scott, David. And the goats! I'm the champ! You know what? I wasn't even the biggest heel on this panel. And of course. And of course. Quacko. Next week, we'll be talking about the history of NXT TakeOver before we go on to WrestleMania Mud. Go to Mania, baby! NXT UK. That's okay. This is amazing. We've got a great month of stuff. Scott's face is priceless. We will hear you next week. From us, good night. Bye. Good night. Listen, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of dick tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online. You should be subscribing. You should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday. I don't care if she's feeling contractions. Get on it right now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.